This episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, November 16th, the Finding Hope edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. I'm Jamila Mew, a writer, contributor to Slate's Karen Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's 10, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast that's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We live in Detroit. Well, today on the show, we've got a dad who's trying to find a little optimism in the face of the world's chaos. It's easy to slip into pessimism, so how can we avoid passing that on to our kids? We're also going to catch up on our week in parenting, and then if you're in the Slate Plus Club, we're going to wade through a complicated issue, how to talk to our kids about war. We're going to tell you what tips have stuck out to us and been the most helpful, and even if you're not in Slate Plus, we're going to be linking to resources on the show page. But here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Yeah, I mean, we had been, yeah, I guess avoiding is the right word, having the conversation with Noah about what's happening in in Israel and Gaza. Um because it's so dark and I wasn't sure to what degree we could actually like simplify um, what's happening uh, in a way that wouldn't be so upsetting. I mean, thousands of of kids are dead um, and I didn't, I I wasn't sure if and how that information to my six-year-old would be received or if it would be, if, if it was necessary for her to know that. But then like last week, she started asking me like, what's an army? And I wasn't sure where she got that information. By becoming a Slate Plus member, you'll enjoy weekly bonus segments and all of your beloved Slate podcasts without any advertisements. It's the ultimate way to enhance your listening experience while also providing vital support to the show. You can join Slate Plus today by visiting slate.com slash momanddadplus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. All right, we're back. Zach, do you have a triumph or fail for us this week? I have a triumph, uh, a Noah triumph, not a, not a dad triumph, but I wanted to share it because it was so great and uh, I loved it. We were playing in the basement last week and Noah said, I never know what day it is. Can we make a calendar? And so I said, sure, absolutely. And so we went over to a little art corner took out some construction paper, and we started to make our own calendar. So we gridded it out um, for the month of November. I helped uh, like hold a, a three-hole punch as our, as our ruler to, to make the lines, and then I helped her spell out the days of the week and helped her figure out what day of the week the month started on, and she, it was a great way for her to practice her numbers. And uh, then she wrote November at the top of it, and she stuck it up on the fridge and now every day she puts a little check mark and or a sticker uh, to mark the day and so what a great thing we're gonna do it i think at the end of each month she already made her december one but um we didn't do it all at once because that that felt overwhelming but i loved i love that there was just like a minute between like the time she expressed her her question to like the time we actually started to figure out how to how to help her answer it and it was so cool and it was totally, totally Noah led. That is a dad triumph because you yeah. said, okay, let's go do it. You know, you could have been like, oh, some other time 
or we have a calendar. Check my Google Cal, Noah. Um, you're right. Okay, I'll take it. Sure. Thank you. Did she did she decorate it too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or is it's, it is it minimalistic? No. It's it's you know there's stickers all over it now and um, yeah she used like different colored markers for each of the lines of the grid. It's really cute. I love this. It was so fun. You should save them. You know, my head in my head because mm. I'm always like, how could we make this way more complicated? <laughs> yeah, you could make this. I mean, this sounds like a good Christmas gift, man. For other people. For other people. Huh. Like have her make them over the course of you know scan them, print them for people. Great, we're going into business. <laughs> or um, don't do any of that and just enjoy the simplicity. <laughs> I did, I think it's a great idea for a gift. I like that. I'm just thinking Thank you like for complicating how cute it. is that for it's, grandparents? It, it is cute. I agree. Mm. Oh, they would love it. That's true. Yeah. Jamila, how about you? Triumph or fail this week? So I have a parents fail. Um, so. Naima's usually with me on Sunday nights, um, but I had a comedy show. It went very well. Yeah. How long did um, you do? 10 minutes. You're building it. You're building your show. You're building your hours, Jamila. I know. I know. Cool. I think I've got about 30 or 40 minutes of stuff now. Oh, my God. (gasps) But uh, anyway, um, Naima has volleyball on Monday evenings. They didn't have it last week because of a holiday or something, but usually on Monday evening, there's volleyball practice. And so she stayed with her dad. And so I'm planning to show up. It's at the same place where she has after school. Practice ends at 7.15. So I was going to get there at about, you know, 6.45, 7. And she texts me at a few minutes to 6, like, are you on your way to come get me? And I was like, you have volleyball. And she's like, what, are you serious? And she called me. She was like, well, nobody told me I have volleyball. And I got confused about the days because we were off school on Friday. And I'm like, okay, well, you can go. And she's like, I have on jeans. I don't have a ponytail holder. I don't have my knee pads. And I'm like, Naima, just go. And she's like, I can't go without my knee pads. So I call her dad, and he brings her the knee pads. He Neither of us can get there until 640. It starts at 615. So mm. neither of us can get there until 640. And so he brings the knee pads. I bring some shorts. He brought some shorts, so she didn't need mine. And a ponytail holder. And she was able to do, like, the last half of volleyball. But she was so upset at first, you know. She she kept texting, like, what's your ETA? Okay, what is it now? What is it now? You know? Um, and I feel like I should have reminded her dad or reminded her, like, hey, you've got volleyball tonight. Make sure you have your stuff. And I didn't. That's okay. Why can't she, why can't she play knee pad list for, for a little while? Which is a very good question because I've yet to see her hit the ground. Like, not even <laughs> once. And they don't have any look. That seems like something you would have an extra pair yeah, of come on. as a team. Hasn't someone Gotta left theirs at pads. some point? That's a good question. Also, I mean, the reminder from you is nice. But, like, Naima mm-hmm. and other caregivers... Are, mm-hmm. share in the responsibility for mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yes, they do. It yeah. sounds like Naima could use a Noah calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good idea. Yep, I'm going to send one over. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, well, what's been up with you, Elizabeth? Okay, well, I feel like I just continue to have the same, like, kind of 
failures in our traveling over and over again. Like this is um, not really traveling, but since we're in Tokyo, like a lot of weekends feel like we're on a trip because um, I'm used to having more time to like do things out with the kids. So I'm struggling, one, to not overpack the weekends with all of the things either I have found or I have done during the week that I want to share with them. Mm. So Saturday, we sort of decided that uh, it would feel like a Tokyo day. Like we would go do Tokyo things as if we were tourists. And I had this whole list of things. Uh, It's super easy. We get on the train, right? I forget that when we are going to do these things, we still face the same like eating problems that we would have if we were out on a trip, which is that like a family of five here does not fit easily into a restaurant, that all of my children have opinions about the food. Like there aren't the quick, easy solutions that we had in the United States. Um, We can go to, we have like the Combinis here, the 7-Elevens and Family Marts have food, but my kids don't make great choices. Um, like there's, there, we have these onigiri, which are just like rice with different fillings, but they don't like the ones with fillings. So they just eat the plain rice. So it's like, I can get food into them, but it doesn't last very long. I'm not providing a nutritious meal. So we're out. We had a wonderful morning. Jeff finds this great looking tempura restaurant tempura who doesn't like fried stuff right the uh, oliver loves the fried shrimp teddy eats the rice uh there's plenty of fried vegetables for henry we take this elevator down and this restaurant first of all when the doors open is apparently michelin starred uh secondly it's like full but there's a table for five that is turning like they are paying the bill And there's two women in front of us, and most restaurants in Japan have, like, the bar seating and then maybe one table. So Jeff is like, okay, great. They're going to seat these two women at the bar. We're going to have a table of five here. So I take the kids back up on the elevator to, like, wait in the street instead of down in this tiny area, right? Because waiting with children, even when they're slightly older like mine, is awful. Um, From that moment, the battle was lost. Like, the kids are losing their minds. They are now hungry. Everyone is yelling at me upstairs on this road about what we're going to do next. You know, I'm thinking, like, we just have to get fed. I want to just, like, get on the train and go home, but that's an extra, like, 30 minutes. Like, that's not going to solve the problem. So Jeff finally texts me and is like, okay, they're opening up the table. We all go downstairs. They seat these two women at two of the at the seats and they seat three of us (laughs) at the other three seats and two of us are left standing. This is very just like Japanese. So now we seat Oliver and Teddy. So we were kind of like, Henry is the oldest. He can manage this. This is the next mistake because Henry then loses his mind because he is hungry. So he and I are standing with our backs pressed against the wall. My other children are trying to use these chopsticks to eat in front of two Japanese women who luckily think they're cute. Um, because they're, you know, little white-haired children. Uh, But they are, like, dropping things everywhere. We are committing every Japanese faux pas that we can at this table. (laughs) The kids are, like, trying to pass things between chopsticks, which is not okay. We're trying to, like, correct them. And Henry is losing his mind. He now just is never going to eat again. Um, The hangry monster has hit him. Then, finally... uh, Jeff finishes his food and gets up and we put Henry down and Henry starts eating. And then Teddy finishes. He just takes Teddy and goes upstairs and is like, come upstairs when you're done. So I sit down. 
Oliver eats my entire plate, like all the shrimp on on my plate, because of course the tempura is also not very filling. Um, it, it was just sort of this like nightmare of a meal. We did get everyone fed. Uh, I get upstairs. Good? Jeff has yeah, the food was delicious. This yeah. is a Michelin. It is legitimately a Michelin starred restaurant, and it is like uh, the lunch they do lunch sets here. The lunch set is like a thousand yen, what which is I that? think is like fifteen to twenty dollars. Like it is. It, you know, a drink, a rice, like tons of great food. I mean, I didn't get to taste any of the shrimp, which I believe right. to be the like hallmark of tempura. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we get upstairs. Jeff has like left with Teddy because they got tired of waiting. <laughs> I text him. He's like, we went to this museum. So I'm like, uh. Meanwhile, Henry finds like the, there's a Gucci store right there. And it says like art gallery upstairs. And he's like, mom, could we please go to the, you know, art gallery at the, top of Gucci? And I'm like, I don't know. So I asked this woman. She lets us up. He is now the most pleasant being ever after pushing me. He was like pushing me in the restaurant, like trying to push me over because he was so mad. And he's completely recovered. Oliver is recovered. (laughs) I'm like mad that I have to take these two, you know, a-holes to the... to the gallery we did end up having a really pleasant afternoon but why can i not figure out the food thing like i i need to be like still traveling with snacks and i'm just not and i need to have like a lunch plan i don't i don't know guys what's well first of all i have a couple questions what what is the filling in the onigiri that they won't eat I'm just curious. Well, they come and there's tons of them so like like i for example love there's one with salmon and we're talking about like like a small dollop of whatever you want. There's ones with um, chicken. There's ones with, t- I mean, they all have sauces. It's like chicken but and they mayonnaise. Want e- they won't eat any of them except for their no, plain rice. No, they don't like them. I mean, mm. every once in a while, if they're really hungry, we hand them one and they eat it, yeah. right? Like they don't know. Um, but they will not pick it off the shelf. Yeah. It sounds really good. They're but really so, good. And so you just can't get a table for five or it's very, no. they're very, huh. Our table's usually for four and under. They're like at a bar, so five would have to clear out at the same time, or it's a table for four. Um, I mean, I think what we probably need to do, honestly, is like split up for lunch. <laughs> like some people go, uh, and like, it's hard too, because we're only out as five on a weekend, and like everybody's out. Also, people here don't really seem to take their school age, ch- the, the children are in school on weekends here, so like there aren't both days saturday and sunday oh guys they're in school i mean they have a ton of holidays but they're in school and then they go to school after school like it's it's yeah anyway you're gonna you're gonna find your rhythm i need a plan yeah i know what are the other expats doing for snacks i mean i think the kombini and they just i don't know maybe their kids are better than mine well i think i think it's probably also just going to take some time for them to acquire their taste for the local cuisine yeah you did like kind of just get there. Ramen and stuff, but again, you can't eat out on the street. Like, there's all these social norms too that huh. I think we haven't really figured out what we can break and what we can't break. You can't eat on the street. No, you. If you're going to eat on the street, you like have to stand against a building. So, so, like, even if you get the kombini food, sometimes there are seats at the kombini, but again, there'll only be like three seats and yeah. we're five people. Um, or like, if you wanted to get ramen, because the kids will eat ramen, like the cup of noodles. Yeah, but yeah. I and and you can make it there in the store. The hot water's there. The um, there's plenty of options. But like, we don't have anywhere to eat it. I'm just imagining the five of you all leaning up against the building eating ramen. I know that sounds cute. <laughs> it's like dripping down. <laughs> 
And then, you know, there's only chopsticks. So, well. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll see you back here for our listener question. All right, we're back. Here's today's listener question. Hi, mom and dad. Been listening to the pod since the beginning, before I even had kids. Now I'm the proud dad of two boys, four and nine. Thank you in many ways for being the soundtrack to my parenting. Would love your advice on how you project an air of hope and or optimism for your kids when so much is messed up in the world at a micro and macro level and in our country with few indicators that things are getting better. The latest issue in our household is the impacts that the ADHD medication shortage is having. We recently moved back to New York after a few years abroad in Korea, where healthcare was cheap, accessible, and safe. Given how unethical our healthcare system is here, I have accepted that financially we will be bled dry to treat our son. What I wasn't expecting is how hard it's been to get him the medication he needs. The dissonance with this and having to hear how great the country is has been taking a toll on my mental health. It's like, does any of it matter? If you somehow survive not being shot in your school or anywhere else in public, you can look forward to a life with unaffordable education and housing, a lack of needed medication, and no social safety net if you make it long enough to retire. Oof. Any advice on being honest with your kids, but also not saddling them with the same pessimism I've developed in my midlife? Thanks for everything you do. Jamila, you still crack me up every time you say Dan Coyce's last name. Sincerely, Misanthropic Dad. I feel for you, misanthropic dad. Um, especially coming from a country that actually takes care of its people with healthcare, and and coming back here where uh, it's a uh, where it can be a a real shit show. That is some real um, cognitive and logistical and financial dissonance. So I'm really sorry that you're dealing with that. Especially, I mean, medicine shortages. That's that's a serious stressor. So um, I can't underplay that at all. What I can do is just offer a couple thoughts. You can totally have this stress about the healthcare system, but your kids are too young to have to worry about that. And so find some practice or way for you to um, have some catharsis or stress relief, whether that's taking up boxing, even if like you're not going to a boxing gym, like watch a boxing video on YouTube and follow along or... Um, like make sure you're you're doing something for yourself. Um, getting some time away, going to watch going to watch a movie, going to have a beer with a friend, just like some some place where you can um, physically, psychologically vent and get the stuff out of your system because these are all very valid concerns. But um, you you ask, does any of it matter? I mean, yes, it does. And like our kids. I mean, I'm going through a big thing right now, um, a, a real dark period, and like the only light, one of the only lights um, in my life is just like sit, just being with my kids and like noticing how they don't care, don't know anything at all about healthcare or or what's going on. Like just like try to, if you can, just like be in their innocence with them because it's really fun, and you know, talk to your partner or other people about the failures of, um, you know, American healthcare infrastructure. Yeah, I think your kids are too young for this kind of dose of reality um, that you may want to share with them. And that doesn't mean that they're too young to talk to them about bad things. You know, they 
I'm sure I've heard about some bad things, particularly your nine-year-old. Um, but the challenge that we all face, you know, the world sucks. Like, we have to build as good a life as we possibly can with the things that we have in the face of a world that's really challenging and a country that doesn't meet our needs. Um, but your kids don't need to hear about that. You know, I agree with Zach. Like, find some adults to vent to, do some boxing, you know, take a walk. Um, but lean into that optimism that your children naturally have. You know, it's contagious. It really can boost your spirits. Uh, try to see the world through their eyes and imagine it as being, you know, a little bit brighter than it actually is. Um, but I feel you, you know, like it, it's tough not to be pessimistic. When times are tough, it's tough not to just be overwhelmed by all the bad that's going on in the world. And that's okay, you know, and if you feel yourself getting overwhelmed by those thoughts on a regular basis, you may want to consider talking to somebody, you know? Um, this is something I've been saying on the show since Dan Coy was with us, um, but I'm a big proponent of therapy, you know? Checking in with my therapist every week makes it just so much easier to survive everything that's going on in my personal life, all the madness that's going on in the world. You know, that's something you might want to take into consideration. Um, I'm not sure how recently you came back from uh, Korea, but this is a very, very common feeling when you come back to the United States from living abroad. I, I, maybe it happens to people living abroad everywhere or living in another country, but um, this is something that we experience coming back from the Netherlands. It is something that uh, pretty much everyone that I know that has moved back ha has had. It's like when you're not in your home country, it's easy to have rose-colored glasses about where you are. But like if you if you really dug into Korea, Japan, wherever, right, there are plenty of bad things happening there. But you come from this place where you are a visitor and you get to see all of these things that the U.S. isn't doing right. And when you come back, it's really difficult. And it feels so personal because this is your country. And you're like, how do we not have this together? And so I think the therapy is a, is a great option. If you can find a group of other people that have lived outside the country to meet for coffee or have these kind of discussions, I found that that really helped just knowing like, hey, some of this is based on this amazing experience that I had. Um, now coming back, this is like a very real problem. Um, so one to say like situationally, I think this is like a, a very normal experience. Also, we're in, you know, just a, a, a darker, hard time. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, I... Um, tend to be a pretty optimistic person. And I find a lot of that because I know that the world has always been a messed up place. <laughs> like, I, I know that sounds terrible, but as we're facing all of these things to say, yes, it is, it life is really hard and things are not always very good, but they were never very good and they were always hard and we continue to march on and we think about joyous things in the past that happened or great triumphs for humanity. And so those exist in the future as well. I also find that with the kids, the best thing I can do is continue to work towards certain goals with them that I think will like a, like be a person of action. So if for you, this is about the medication, like what can you actually do? So yes, you're handling 
whatever you can with the health insurance. But is there someone that could hear your story that would change something? Can you write letters to someone about what you are going through? Is there some way that this hardship experience that you are having can cause change, right? If that's too much, like, can you just volunteer so that you are adding a drop of good into the world with your kids? Um, I think those are sort of actual steps that you can do with the kids. I do think it's important that children know that the world is hard because when I look back, I wonder if if some of the feelings I have is that my expectation was that the world was going to be this this wonderful place and then all of a sudden it hit me that like, oh no, actually there's a lot of bad people and bad things that happen and also bad luck and and the world is not fair. And so if there are gentle ways, there are so many great books on empathy and on situations that are happening and just making sure that you're having those conversations with your kids. They don't need to know, you know, I think particularly with financial stuff and medical stuff, that stuff can really scare kids because they there's no real way for them to understand it. We don't even really understand why the medicine costs this or what we're going to do. But I think there are ways to say like, yeah, we're stressed about these things going on, but we have each other. We, um, you know, we're going to love each other and we are going to do the best we can to keep each other safe. And and that is what we have to kind of find uh, solidarity with and just hope that 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 gets us through day to day, which mm-hmm. it's tough. And also, I know it's cheesy, but like community, like there, like there are it feels so hard not to be crushed by the systems in our lives, whether it's healthcare or, you know, unaffordable education or expensive housing, all that all that stuff. But like. The only thing that I am surviving on right now is just like the goodwill of the people in our lives who we love and and who love us. And like that goes a long way. Um, and so like be sure that you're not isolating yourself. And I mean, there's probably support groups for like people struggling with with healthcare payments, yeah. but just like join clubs, like be in community, go to public places and like remember that, yes, our systems st- suck, especially a lot of our systems suck here in the States, but like people don't. And, and and try to keep those two thoughts in your head at the same time. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks for getting in touch, Misanthropic Dad. We hope some of these suggestions helped at the very least. Jamila said Dan's name for you. That's something, <laughs> right? A little joy for today. Yeah. And thanks for listening for all these years, too. That's mm-hmm. v- very nice, Misanthropic Dad. We appreciate you. Hopefully, we're bringing you a little bit of joy and not yes. stress. I, yes. I hope that this can be a little bright spot for you as well. If you've got any burning questions, listeners, or just want to chat, please drop us a line at slate.com or ring us up at 646-357-9318. Seriously, we're all ears for your questions, so send them our way. And that's it for our show. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.